Hello and welcome to episode 243 of the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast. Howdy do. I am Mark. Nice to meet you. Today, we have, as you've already read, June 13th, 1977, Madison Square Garden, New York City. Led Zeppelin is the band. This is a three-source merge. Now, what does that mean? That means that the original, the, the scaffolding, the base layer of this recording is the famous RD tape of this show, which is, uh, I think, a first-gen that we're using here. And there are two other sources for this show, which are not as good, <clears throat> which are used to fill in any missing spaces. You know, you got to flip the cassette, so there you, there you can miss a little bit of time. That's patched. Any missing things, any dropouts are filled in with two other sources. So you have the most complete possible record of this show. One of their, I think they had six nights at Madison Square Garden. Not consecutively. They took a day off here or there, but six nights. And then they went to San Diego thereafter, I think. But June 1977 Zeppelin is usually a pretty safe bet. The Madison Square Garden shows are highly regarded. I much prefer California. Oh, I know, controversial opinion there. But a lot of that is the vibe. I mean, the New York shows have a New York vibe. And New York in the 70s was brutal. <clears throat> I actually lived near New York City from... 1977 through 1978 as a little boy and we went to the city for my birthday so it would have been january 77 to see beatlemania on broadway i know big fancy broadway production which was amazing for a 10 year old boy or nine year old boy however it was maybe it was 1978 i don't know anyways i went during the uh the ed koch days when uh it was dirty, crime-ridden, dangerous, dirty, 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 and uh, gritty. And the New York shows of Zeppelin capture this, that vibe, that bhav, as uh, it's called in Hindi. And it's there's an aggression. There's a go fuck yourself kind of vibe to the music not like it they're not trying to play it not like they're trying to do a good job which they do most of the time um but more the the energy of dirty smelly roach infested rat infested trash in the streets new york city back in the day this is when the stones lived there john lennon lived there and Saturday Night Live was still new. It was in its first couple seasons, 1977. So you've got the original Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Lorraine Newman, Bill Murray at that time. Uh, but, you know, the good old Blues Brothers, the Samurai, all those classic, iconic, here you go. It's happening right there. That's the cauldron in which this is bubbling, as well as the New York punk scene. So you've got the Ramones, Lou Reed doing his thing, Blondie is around at that point, as are um, outliers, Tom Verlaine in television, that kind of thing. It was a really neat cultural stew. And that comes through in the vibe in the recording, which I already said that all that cool shit that I love, I prefer the California run mainly because Mike Millard's unbelievably pristine recordings. If we could have Millard-level recordings of the New York gigs, which is harder because Madison Square Garden, I believe, is not reputed to have amazing sound. Maybe I'm thinking Boston Garden. The old Boston Garden was sounded just like, <laughs> I don't know, man, dropping BBs in a, in a bathtub. Not, not a friend of acoustics. But... Were there recordings of that level from that venue at that time, then perhaps I would care more. Because there comes a point where sound quality matters, because you can hear the subtleties and the filigrees and things that are being put in. Although, in 77, it, Zeppelin was less about subtleties and filigrees and more about 
a bash in the face with Thor's hammer kind of thing. Power, force, Mike Tyson in the late 80s. Danger, danger, that's the word. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> um, danger. There's Led Zeppelin was dangerous. In the same way that seeing a punk show, seeing Lou Reed in 1977 could be dangerous because there's, there's, a, there's a, a veracity to it. There's a legitimacy. Anywho, here is the show. It is June 13th, 1977, a three-source merge that I got off of Dime a Dozen this month, so it's a new one. And unfortunately, in the notes, the, uh, the taper or the, the person releasing this who responsible did not leave their name. So all hail the anonymous three-source merger. Unless this is, in fact, the regular three-source merge that has been around forever, and it's just a repost, and I'm, I don't know. In any case, it's a three-source Merv. Fuck off. That's what you get. Merv. Three-source Merv. Merv Griffin from Three Sides. Ladies and gentlemen, a night of Merv. So here is the track listing. You can go to heartofmarkness.com and get this entire recording for free. That's how we do it. And here's what you're going to get, because I'm not playing all these songs, obviously. So you have standard... 77 set list song remains the same sick again nobody's fault but mine over the hills and far away which was alternated with in my time of dying since i've been loving you the new arrangement that they've kept doing from 77 onward even with the page plant stuff the reunion it's that arrangement no quarter 10 years gone the acoustic set which is the battle of evermore with Jonesy singing Sandy Demi's, Denny's part. Going to California, almost always a winner. Black Country Woman, almost always a winner. Bronyar Stomp, ditto. And then we get White Summer, Black Mountainside into Kashmir, which then goes into Over the Top, 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 which is John Bonham's drum solo on this tour. Then we get a nice heartbreaker with a tease of what could be White Room at the beginning. It's just a descending pattern that's the same as uh, Achilles' Last Stand and the solo part of Stairway to Heaven, A minor, G, F, that bump, 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 bump. But it sounded White Roomy to me, but that's also what uh, Louis, Louis Ray, Luis Ray says in his book, so maybe I got it from him. In any case, Heartbreaker, ladies and gentlemen. The guitar solo. Uh, Achilles' last stand, note perfect almost. It's a hummingbird outside my window. It's the end of November, baby. What are you doing out there? Huh. Stairway to Heaven. Whole lot of love, which is just a short, but not not very long, which then goes into Black Dog, which wraps up the show. There you go. Hardermarkness.com. You can go there and get it. If you don't see it on the front page, because you're listening to this after the fact, and it's no longer November 26th, 2023, then use the search feature or use your noodle. Episode 242. Look for it. 243. There you go. Proper data. 243. <sighs> All right. Someone on YouTube bitched about me talking for 10 minutes. Just play the fucking music. So as you know, I react poorly to negative comments in that I'm still... To my shame, emotionally immature in that way, so I instantly filled with rage and thought about crucifying him upside down in an anthill, all these things other than just like, basically what I wanted to say, and I didn't, so I'll say it here, is if you wipe the lube off your hands, you can use your fingers to fast forward on your phone and listen to the show. There you go. I do talk a lot sometimes. I talk a little sometimes, too. You can always fast forward to the good stuff, and you'll know you'll hit the good stuff when you stop and there's music playing. So use your noodle. I'll use mine. Let's jump ahead, and we're going to start with Over the Hills and Far Away. 77 Over the Hills. Like I said, it alternated within my time of dying a lot. And this one, uh, Robert's, Robert's going for the high notes, like on the album. So that in and of itself makes it noteworthy. And Jimmy uh, plays a cool ass, cool ass avant-garde solo to this. So Over the Hills, June 13th, 1977, Led Zeppelin is the band. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
I did not stop the recording. Enjoy now.
I forgot about the Richie Blackmore lookalike reference. That's funny. Imagine playing a song, and what they were saying was, uh, at the beginning, beginning of that song, is there had apparently been a dude in the second row, because this was their penultimate night, so fifth out of sixth, I think, if I'm doing my math right. Um, so for five nights previous, or at least a few nights previous, in the same place in the second row was a dude that apparently looked like Richie Blackmore that would always yell out, over the hills and far away, over the hills and far away. So they play it for him, and he's not there. That's what Robert was saying. Very funny. And, um, yeah, I like that with the, uh, with singing in the higher register. If he could work out, could have worked out a melodic arrangement to stay in that high register because he couldn't hit the initial note of the, the chorus or whatever. It wasn't the chorus, the many, many have I loved. See, I can't hit it either, which is why I don't sing for Led Zeppelin hitting that. He couldn't hit that, but he could hit the rest. So if he would, if he could find another note to hit on that would have a similar uh, consonance with what follows, then he could have carried on. But I quite like that. I wish he had worked out a way to do that because that brings brings fresh life to a song that has. I mean, that's that's one of the identifying things of that amazing song on the studio track is Robert's high ass voice. So when you see him in the song remains the same or see him in 73 or 75. Many have I loved, many times been bitten. It's weird. So, road's not taken, I guess. All right. Heading on down. And one thing about this song in 77, there was very... I know Led Zeppelin were all about light and shade, but there's a hell of a lot more shade on the 77 tour throwing shade at the 77 tour are we no but i mean we we know everybody knows that this was not the best time in the personal lives of the band for where they were people were battling different things drugs substances ridiculous fame etc um 77 wasn't a good year for musicians in general it's a year for many of the best tours like you get pink floyd on their animals tour wowza but the boys themselves were fucking miserable. And that experience is one of the things that had Roger come up with the wall. The idea of the wall was the distance and separation that they felt with their audiences because enough time had passed where the people that were seeing them in 69 were no longer the people seeing them in 77 because the people that were seeing them in 69 were all married and got on with their lives. They, they had outgrown that music and going to concerts. So you have these teenagers coming in because there's not that continuity of connection. There is a big disconnect where you get the disrespect and the wildness of the guys going to a concert and the fireworks. Firecrackers, fucking huge. You can hear them all over the place there. Very distracting for the band because you get hit with some fireworks. First of all, it's scary. Second of all, it hurts. So there's that chaos and there's the chaos of people going to a show not to experience communion with one of the best groups with a groove and an improvisational flair of all time. They're doing it because it's something to do, like I did in the 80s when I was in high school. I would go see shit like Kiss and Night Ranger and Foreigner and Heart and Starship and The Fix and go to shows not because I was in love with the bands, but because I was like, all right, they're all right, but go to have fun for something to do. Because even in the 80s, for 15 bucks, you could go to a show. Somebody had a car, somebody drove, go to the show, go home. So there's that instead of the unbelievable uh, connection and focus that the audience put up, audiences would put on bands in the early 70s. That's evidenced in The Song Remains the Same during Since I've Been Loving You, where they pan out to the audience. And uh, somebody saw somebody said this on YouTube in a reaction video to that, was that pans out to the audience, and you can see that like at least 30% of the people that they pan to are having the peak experience of their lives. 
Like that is the best time of their life right there. Locked into the virtuosity of these four guys playing since I've been loving you at that incredible high level. And now four years down the road, the people in that audience who were maybe in their early twenties or late teens are now in their late twenties to mid twenties and have jobs and families. Cause back in the day you were married by your mid twenties. You had babies. My mom had me when she was 23. Can you believe that having a kid at 23 still happens all the time, but priorities, right? So you have this new generation coming in, seeing it more as a, a festivity and an event rather than an event capital E with holy shit, we're going to see Zeppelin. I'm going to pay attention because this is going to blow my mind. Um, whole different thing, whole different thing. And that comes forward in tracks like over the hills and far away, pulling this all together. Cause I remembered the thread um, and the light and shade. So Zeppelin's coming up facing this set of circumstances that I've outlined. They're all the very, very arrogant, cocky, arrogant, swaggering, top of their game. But they're not at the top of their game. They're at the top of their career. So they come out. Jimmy is high as fuck, drunk as fuck, high as fuck, high as fuck, and high as fuck. And, you know, there was pride in being the most wasted guy in the room at that time. I mean, I wanted that life when I was in high school. That's what I wanted to be. That's what I was a lot of the time. But, um... That carries through. So the light of the light and shade is by necessity and by consequence diminished a touch with a lot more of that shade because you're coming in with a lot more of that shade, a lot more of that darkness in your life, <clears throat> which trans can translate well to the harder songs. Achilles last stand and things like that can have a definite to it, you know, a berserker rage in a way, but things that have that light and shade subtlety within one song, like over the Hills, it kind of keeps more of that darkness. You don't have the purity of tone. Jimmy wasn't paying as much attention to his tone, which he would switch sometimes three, four times in a song with the pickups and the, the knobs that you can hear on those early recordings because it was louder, different equipment, different place in the life and it was it was not as high resolution a performance it was it was more quantity over quality and not that they're not good not that it doesn't kick ass but you know you listen to over the hills and far away from 73 or even 75 75 i think is my favorite year for over the hills and far away you have that clean less paul sound and that beautiful purity of the bitter do 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 boom boom boom, which is pretty. And in '77, it's still got a little bit of an edge to it. It's lower, but there's still a metallic, distorted kind of hard rock edge. I guess is what I'm saying. All right, enough of that. Let's move forward. Yes, while we're listening to this, I've been smoking a joint. Oh, really, Mark? Had no idea. Couldn't tell. Well. Now you can, but don't tell on me, but I'm bump. All right, here we go. I'm going to uh, another little short one because we are going to hit no quarter, which is 28 minutes. That's going to be last because by the end of that, we're all going to be done. So quick little going to California to show that they could still be pretty. They could still bring the light, just maybe not in the same qual uh, amount as before. Still light and shade. But instead of 50-50, it's now more like 30-70. Still, that 30 is still bright as fuck, as you will hear from the acoustic set going to California.
even <clears throat> even though the crowd loved that performance, and you can hear that, their reaction, stompy, 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 stomping their feet until it just gets that scary drums of war going on. There is an aggression. There is an edge. There is a, yay, that beautiful song going to California, which should have tranquilized and pacified everybody like it did back in the day. Um, instead, was like, yeah, that was awesome. Raw. Instead of like, wow, that was beautiful, man. Uh, the hippies. The hippie influence is greatly diminished. The whole we're all one kind of thing was more like, that was kick-ass, play more, which is an odd reaction to such a delicate song, you know. How many mandolin performances get that kind of reaction? Um, anywho, I boosted the volume on that track specifically because it was pretty low and it's a pretty quiet song anyway so i just boosted the volume on that track specifically so it was be better for your and more commensurate with the levels of whatever else you've heard today so just uh to let you know man all right quick little spiel and then we'll get into no quarter you can find me wherever you can find podcasts which you already know because you've already found me. But it still needs to be said because every other podcast says it. If you would like to find me elsewhere, you may do so on Twitter or X. As the name Heart of Markness, I would love it if you followed me. I will follow you back unless you're just straight up Nazi or weird. Um, I am on Facebook, only on Facebook in the Heart of Markness Facebook group. That's the only time I don't spend any time on Facebook other than to post this and then do quick answering comments. But on that Facebook group, if you were to message me, I would reply, even though it may not take me. It may take me a day or so because there are almost 300 other people in that group who are cool and are active. It's a nice little group, very friendly group of people. There's no drama, never has been. It's uh, I am blessed with a wonderful audience of which you are a part. So thank you. Now that you are all buttered up, no, you can uh, go to the aforementioned uh, heartofmarkness.com as well. Like I said, I have a website also, and that is where you can find the links to the shows that I have already done. Like this one, you can go to heartofmarkness.com, grab a link to this, all, the, all the songs that I read earlier, the complete show. That's where they are, heartofmarkness.com. It's real truncated. There's not much out there other than uh, the shows. I, I, I originally planned to do other postings and other things, and I kind of did a little. Maybe I'll get back to it. Ideally, that would be the shit. But for now, I dropped the podcast. I dropped the description of the podcast, and then I dropped the link to get the show. So nothing wrong with it. That's just what's going on, man. All right. All of this is courtesy of and due to and with grateful, grateful acknowledgement of the titans upon whose shoulders rests this humble yet mighty podcast. I am, of course, speaking of my patrons. And if you would like to be in that number when the saints come over there, oh, over there, uh, Go to patreon.com slash heartofmarkness or hit the Patreon badge on heartofmarkness.com when you're there getting all these shows for free. Wink. And see if there's something there for you. If there isn't, enjoy the free show. The show's free. It's always going to be free. Courtesy of the generosity of the following. A laurel and hearty handshake go out to Lisa, Keith and Tilda, Brian, Steve, George, Big Ed, Kenny, John from West Footscray, thank you, brother, Picard, Rob from Melbourne, Rob from Melbourne, Australia, thank you, Rob, Wayne from Parts Unknown, Brad, Danielle, Tracy, Other David, there was more than one David at one time, and this is the Other David, hence, and Other David, or David, may I call you David? Um... The spreadsheet you made for me, although not 
completely updated, is fairly updated, and I refer to it weekly. Thank you for that. This man took the time to make a spreadsheet of every single show I had done at that time, 130 episodes. So it would, it would, uh, the, the show number and what I, what show I covered that week and the songs I covered so I could, you know, keep myself from whoops-a-daisy doing a double show. Thank you, David. You are so awesome. I really appreciate that man deeply, deeply, deeply. And then Bonzo Billy and Mimo. Thank you, everybody. These guys cover the hosting for the podcast, the hosting for the website, the hosting. There's so much hosting. Good thing I host this podcast, but um, the hosting of the uh, all the shows that's on a mega cloud server. And that, uh, you know, you pay money to dump stuff there and distribute it. And this is all covered by my beloved and deeply, deeply, deeply appreciated patrons. Bless your hearts. Thank you for real, though, not in that fake Southern way. All right. Back to it. Is that it? Oh, I'm also on YouTube. Uh, Heart of Markness. There's a thread there. So if you were uh, want to hear me on YouTube in lower fidelity, I'm on YouTube, which is really neat because now that I've started putting some love into it. Um, wow. It's really starting to have some results. So thank you for that. All right. Back to it. We are now going to listen to Gird Your Loins, Go Potty, Grab Some Snacks, whatever you got to do. We have a 28-minute odyssey. I don't know how much of that 20 minute is applause, 28 minutes is applause, so we'll see. Of no quarter. And if I heard correctly, and if I'm remembering the show correctly, I'm not even going to say that. What I read in Louis, Re- Louis Ray's book, uh, the Led Zeppelin 2023 tape documentary, is that Jonesy references some Mary Poppins in there with Jim Chimmery, Jim Chimmery, Jim Chim So... Let's see if we can find that there. The 1977 No Quarters, being the half-hour odysseys that they are, or were, do contain lots of classical and popular and uh, all kinds of references in Mr. Jones's piano solos. Good stuff. He did the Nut Rocker. Um, other songs that I can't think of right now. Ah, ended on a dud. Sorry. All right, guys. I love you. Here you go. No Quarter. Still, June 13th, 1977. Enjoy. Thank you. 
was Chim Chimmery. <clears throat> Chim Chimmery, Chim Chimmery, Chim Chim That is so cool. That is so cool. It was beautiful. A tad long, but um, very, very well done. God damn, Jonesy. And Mr. Page and Mr. Bottom. I would love, love to hear a clearer recording of this show. I mean, God bless you, Artie, and legendary Artie. Oh, by the way, Artie, the, the person who taped the main source of this show that comprises most of what you heard, Artie, I can't remember his last name, I apologize, is um, has been interviewed on Mark McFall's Led Zepp fan, I think, podcast. He's also Mark Zepp on YouTube, if you want to find it, with a nice interview of his, uh, interviewing the gentleman that taped this show. So there you go. Speaking of YouTube uh, and other shows, Mark Zepp's awesome Zepp fan podcast. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And for YouTube channels, Led Zeppelin Boots, if you just want to hear and, and find somebody with a huge archive of the best and most complete recording, speed corrected and all that. Led Zeppelin Boots. Unbelievable source for Zeppelin stuff on YouTube and also a key player in the Dogs of Doom Discord, etc. A lot of what you heard is courtesy of that human being. So thank you to everybody involved in the Led Zeppelin fan community. And I will talk to you next Sunday, if not sooner. Love you. Be good to yourselves and each other. And bye-bye. <laughs>